In this discussion, we'll be discussing marketing and communications in an international school setting, and also looking at the biggest brand experience schools may be missing. We'll discuss why a brand matters, strategies to control your school's brand, and how the multitude of current platforms may complicate this when trying to streamline your messaging to your different stakeholders. We'll also look at the mistakes schools may make uh, when trying to solve for the many platforms and channels that communicate your school's brand. So yeah, super delighted to be uh, joined by um, everyone today, um, uh, in particular our guest experts today, and also delighted to welcome our you know, partners at Aptigy um, for the discussion too. Um, they do amazing work with schools all around the world, um, helping build their brand, reach their audience, and understand their community through exceptional uh, marketing. Uh, market oh, okay, hang on, sorry, let me do that bit again. I'm delighted to be joined by our guest experts today, and I'm also delighted to welcome our partners Aptigy to the discussion, who do incredible work with schools all around the world, helping to build their brand, reach their audience, and understand their community through exceptional school marketing tools. So yeah, thank you everyone for joining. Um, if we can do a quick round of introductions, that'd be fantastic before we kick off into the first question. Um, so yeah, Mike, you're at the top of my screen there. Do you want to just do a quick, quick introduction of yourself? That'd be great. Sure, I'd love to. I'm Mike Mueller. I'm a one of the directors of sales here at Aptigy were uh, based in the US. I'm in the US, of course. Um, I have an interesting background in that I have, uh, I'm a former teacher, educator. I was an IB teacher actually for several years and then taught uh, for about 11, 12 years total before I made a pivot into technology and marketing and, and sales. And I've been at Aptigy about, um, I guess almost uh, seven, eight months and working closely with Will in the international school market. And I'm just real excited to be joining everybody today. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, Will, do you want to go next? Sure. I can segue off of that. I'm Will Poff. I'm also a director of sales at, at AppG and I have worked for the company for close to five years and I have a, a less unique background. I have a humanities major. I studied Latin and Greek literature in college liberal arts background and then have worked in plethora of places in retail and hospitality primarily and have now tried to carry that into a hospitality-based approach to marketing and communication for schools. Excellent. Thanks, Will. Um, Kath, do you want to go next? Yeah, great. I'm uh, Kath Lewis. So I work with Nordanglia International School in Alcor, Qatar. I'm the Director of Admissions and Marketing. And uh, I've been there a couple of years. I came from a um, communications background, working as a consultant for some major brands around the UK um, and implementing strategies and uh, content for connecting um, organizations with their communities. So a lot of CSR work. Brilliant. And Esther. Hi, hi, Max, and hello, everyone. Such an honor to be here um, in the esteemed company. Um, really looking forward to learning um, about this subject with you and sharing some of my experiences. I've worked for over 12 years in the international school sector. My current um, job is Executive Director of Marketing for Inspired Education Group, with a particular focus on online schools. So we have King's Inter High, which is the largest online school. Uh, we just adopted the IBDP online last year, the first ever globally. So that's pretty exciting. And, um, and I also work for um, Academy 21, which is an alternative provision online school. So a lot of work in the ed tech space, which um, raises some unique challenges in branding as well. And um, I've worked in international schools for, for a long, long time. So I've um, been through a lot of the work on the ground as well as, um, as executive director. So looking forward to the conversation today. Awesome. Thanks, Esther. Wonderful. Great to have you guys on the call. Um, and I think, yeah, we're going to kick off with our with our first question. So um, quite, quite broad, um, sort of looking at brands in general. So what is a brand and why does it matter um, to you? So who'd like to, to kick off with that? Esther, do you want to kick off with that question? Yeah, happy to. So I think um, when we use the, the term brand, it actually is often misused. So it's often used to, to say well, it's a logo or it's the visual identity of something. Brand is much more than that. It's, it's what people say about your company when you're not in the room. It's what you do repeatedly. Um, it's also something that lasts for a long, long time. It can include stakeholders and community members. So I think it's a really, really broad term. And when done right, it can actually be a huge, huge asset for, for any company in any school. Fantastic. Uh, it'd be great to get your thoughts on, on that question. Yeah. yeah I think I we all have an opinion. Please go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Kath. Go on. Kath, Kath, go ahead. Sorry, was that Mike or Kath? Yeah. I, yeah. I agree hundred uh, percent. It's not just the logo. I think this is where we go wrong quite often, isn't it? Where we get stuck in the, what do we look like? Um, 
and let's get our key messages together and let's make sure we just keep repeating that over and over again until people hear us and then um uh, and we can ride on the coattails of that i think i think what you know like uh, like esther said it's so much more than that you know it's our personality it's our signature it's, it's the thing that actually represents us and helps us align with the people who want to connect with us and who we can serve um you know how do we how do we get out there to sort of um reassure people that we are who we say we are um it's not just what we look like it's actually evidence of what we do um so what we say um is 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 just part of it but actually the the huge part of our of our branding is is related to evidence like how do we prove who we are and what we do and how who says it for us is it just is it just the marketing team? Uh, not at all. And this is a big challenge in the international school market. I think in any school, it's a whole school community. It's all our stakeholders. It's everybody. It's who you, it, it, everybody who's it's speaking from one voice and um, and reassuring, you know, our communities that that what our logo represents uh, is is was something that they can trust. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Kath. I was thinking the same thing. You know, we we kind of have this old school mentality sometimes as marketing people that the brand is siloed among the people who quote control the 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 brand. You know, whether that's the comms team, the PR team, and and those administrators who help shape the vision and the and the message of the school. But it's in with technology, of course. Uh, the authorship or the creativity, the brand is broadened to everyone who's talking about us and talking about our schools. And that is a real challenge for, for all of us in this space, you know, is how we can, on one hand, still maintain some semblance of control over it and craft the messaging of the brand, but also incorporate all those other stakeholders out there that are talking about the schools and talking about the brand and and to not shut those people out and pretend like they don't exist or pretend like their messaging isn't important uh, or and sometimes it is very distracting and it pulls us away from our brand idea but nonetheless we have to find a way to incorporate those voices and bring them together with what we in the marketing world are doing with our brands and and then you have the diversification of technology and all the platforms that it gets disseminated out to. That's that's a whole other layer. If I could just add to that, um, I totally agree with you, Mike. I think we've worked a lot with brand ambassadors, and we've found that sometimes it's the head of school that is like the spokesperson, but it's not always the head of school. Sometimes the most powerful stories come from your students and your parents, your alumni that have gone on to achieve amazing things, and they are the ambassadors of your brand, whether officially or unofficially. So yep. what we've done in our marketing is we we have a mix of marketing, of course, but um, it's, it's really leveraging that user-generated content. So encouraging our students and families to, to generate content. And, and if we can use it to, to market the school, it's some of the most powerful stuff that you can put out there because it's better that someone else is talking about your brand than you are talking about your brand. And their stories are just incredible. Hmm. Esther, I think to, to piggyback off of that, I think when I think about what brand is, I think about um, what people, you said it before, what people say when you're not in the room, I think it's how they feel about you, right? And I think to your point, some of the most evocative, most powerful stories are those users who who aren't your marketing, your, your communications, right? The people who are part of the community already. And, and I think in so many ways, Brand is something that a lot of schools are really trying to wise up to in the way that the private sector maybe has done for years. Like I think about Coca-Cola, right? And I think about a polar bear, right? I don't necessarily think about the Coca-Cola logo, but there's this weird association that comes into what brand actually is. And again, it's like maybe it's warm and fuzzies and that family feeling, right? Which through, through like you said, that long lasting impact about how long it can, it can, it can remain kind of in that subconscious. I think that's kind of what we're playing with too about how how we try and get that message out there in a consistent way. Yeah, fantastic. The the one that always jumps to my mind is uh, sort of not not school related actually, but in the, in the corporate world, you mentioned there, Will, is um, Red Bull, where they never have any 
product placement or in any of their sort of social posts or but the user generated content is incredible and and they just yeah it's just you imagine high octane you know all that sort of thing when you associate with the brand so they've they've they seem to have done a great job so yeah it really resonates um and and just looking at um you know who who determines your band who who would you consider each of you um who ultimately determines the school brand um you know the branding more more broadly um great to hear your thoughts on that um kath do you want to to kick off that one yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because obviously the brand starts from a desktop exercise to some extent, doesn't it? You know, we want to understand what what we want to look like, what we want to sound like, what we want to the feeling that we want to give to our our audiences. But but actually, I think a brand is is evolved um, from listening to our communities, and it's not just. Um, it, it goes it goes way beyond the desktop. We have to we have to kind of build in everybody um who's who's actually connected to us and understand their personas so who who is it who is it who's out there who's actually going to connect um in our you know to to our logo to what to what we represent and are we achieving um what we want to achieve within those communities and so we can't do that without listening to the whole community without listening to everybody and taking on board what they say. I think that's that's the key bit because we can listen and we can kind of, um, uh, you know, we can say, yeah, okay, we, 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 we understand we've got X, Y, and Z personas and we're going to adjust our brand and make sure we speak to them. Um, but then are we actually continuing to listen and are we willing to evolve within, within our, our own brand? You know, once we've assigned it, we've put a lot of effort into it. Um, so I think the you know who is involved in the in the building the brand is everybody who's connected and aligned with with the brand. Uh, who are we serving? And these these people are um, have, are potentially evolving as well. You know, so we need to we need to be building our brand in a way that can um, continually adapt um, in order to to serve uh, who we're actually appealing to. Mm. I, I really like that, Kath, and I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, you can sit in a room and do the brand architecture exercise, which is very, it's fundamental and it's important. But I think that connecting to, as you mentioned, the persona and continuously evaluating and validating that work. Um, I think that brand starts with the customer. So it starts with who is purchasing your product or service in this in this case it's a school and it's a um, it's a pretty important decision that any parent or student or family uh, will make and so I think if you start with what the the customer what is their job to be done to use like innovation theory here like what is it that they're trying to achieve by going to your school or purchasing your service you start with that and then you then you can build around the other stuff i think without understanding the customer and putting them into those groups of personas to understand you know their pain points etc then that's fundamental and then keep as you mentioned kath validating it um, evaluating it, iterating as you go along. And there'll be other, other student groups probably that pop up here and there. Certainly in the pandemic that happened, um, at least for our business. So I think it's, it's that continuous, you know, student-centered marketing focus um, to get the right mix. Well, it'd be great to get your thoughts on, on that. Who ultimately determines a school brand? Yeah, I think just to play a little bit of a devil's advocate, I think there's also the naysayers can determine your brand as well, right? The people who don't agree with you and who don't speak on your behalf, I think have very powerful impact as well on your brand and your reputation, right? And there's a lot that you can do to kind of try and either push them down or squash them. Although I think a lot of people tend to go the opposite direction, which is to empower the advocates that they do have to combat that on their behalf, right? And so I think in some ways it's like the negative community right? Serve an, uh, an important counterpoint to the positive community and trying to influence those positive voices to be louder, to be stronger, to be more well-informed in some ways is a stronger impact to, to influence and determine the brand. But again, to both your point, right, Esther and Cass, right? I mean, obviously, like Cass, obviously when, you know, you build out that brand, you're the one who, who gets to empower those advocates, right? And so, so that's where it comes from, I think, to your point. Mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would add, I mean, as I'm listening to you guys talk, I mean, I'm also thinking about the difference between strategic and tactical. You know, there are strategic exercises like looking at personas and 
you know, and, and having discussions and analysis of the brand and all the people that contribute to it, again, from strategic discussions. But then I think about the tactical, you know, the boots on the ground. How do we actually take this strategic exercise and and apply it in real world terms? How do we go about doing that? And, and as Will and I talk to schools around the world, I mean, I think that's that's the question. I think tactically, we understand what we need to do. We need to listen. We need to incorporate more voices. We need to be clear in the message that we as communications and marketing people want to help uh, craft the message around for our schools. I think we understand that. I think the challenge is from a tactical standpoint, how we do those things, given that technology is so disruptive in this space and, and, and has now given everyone authorship abilities over our brand in real time, minute to minute, second to second, how do we as communication and marketing experts then counterbalance that and incorporate that in a tactical, not a strategic way, but in a tactical mm -hmm. way? And I don't have an easy answer for that. I'm curious. What you <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, are you going to yeah, follow up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think you know we we have ideas. We all have ideas. I love to hear what you what you guys think about that. I, and I think it's something that I, I'm not sure if it was Kathy who mentioned it earlier, but just having those proof points, right? Just like proving what you're doing. Um, alumni are, are great to prove that, um, you know, or just like we did this exercise and we used virtual reality and we've been using it for a year and it's, it's resulted in this much learning or this stat or whatever. I think there's a lot of proof points that could come from it in terms of proving what you're saying. If you say you're the most innovative school in the in the world, well, show me. Yeah. <laughs> you show with proof points, right? Yeah, hundred percent. The, yeah. the proof points. I think this is the thing that we that we focus on very much in terms of how we communicate our brand and how we individually, as a, as a school cohort and a faculty and a student body and a community, uh, communicate. Is that we we lead honestly, like we lead the conversation. I think that's this is the difference between are we just relying on the fact that we can hang on the coattails that people will just follow our brand, or can we actually lead the conversation? Can we educate? Can we can we appeal to those? who we've who we've already you know reached out to and understood sh should be looking at us in theory um can we actually evidence why um you know our brand is is significant to them um and and, and these proof points uh, like you said Esther, Esther it's, it's across it's across everything and we've got so much of it in schools this is the this is the beauty of of the content machine that is a, is, a, is a school you know it's all coming through all the time it's how you actually you know connect with that content I think is the challenge certainly for a Mac team you know what do we how do we sift and, and make sure we're not just saying everything and responding to what people are saying and you know we've got to lead we've got to be really sure in what we've our research is in you know our communities we've listened to them we've actually um, built evidence we've built proof we've built all these things and now we need to just go out there and lead with that conversation um, and not be worried about what people are going to say about us, not necessarily, because we won't appeal to everyone. That's that's the nature. You know, it's the reality of a brand, isn't it? You can't appeal to everyone, um, but you can be strong in the fact that you are true to what you do. You're authentic. There's a, there's a, there's a reality within uh, the messaging that people are looking for. And if we can if we can bring that to life um, as, as a team, you know, everybody working together, um, we can actually we can actually be really strong in terms of leading our brand towards our customers um, rather than, you know, responding and reacting. I think on that point, um, one thing I learned quite early on in my career, I had the um, the fortune to work for a um, an international school in, in South America. And I learned quite early on the importance of student voice. And I think, again, that's a proof point. And that's an show me that we often sort of just, oh, we're the marketing experts, but we got like students to design these really cool artistic, we took student artwork and we designed these bags. Um, and we did a bunch of that stuff. And that was part of our merch, our merchandise, you know, we decided to, to you know, have a student competition for a hoodie, things like that, you know, like just um, so on the marketing side doing that, but then also, again, back to the student testimonies and the student voice, have them create the marketing video for you, or have them do something like I think that's a huge proof point that's often overlooked. And yet, as, as I was saying, if you center your marketing on the student, mm. it tends to flow naturally from there. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That. And, and 
Yeah, I do. I think it's exactly right. You know, the student voice is so powerful. Um, nobody says it like they do. You know, even from uh, students taking a family round for, for an admissions tour, you know, and, and just knowing that they can go in every classroom at any time. And we know that we all, all our staff are going to be warm and welcoming and, you know, and, and getting the students to create podcasts and getting them to speak on on topics that are relevant to them and their communities and, 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 and you know, using the work from the students. We, that agency is so incredibly important. Yeah, we uh, we work with a, a school district here in the U.S., a, lot, a fairly large school district based in Michigan, and the superintendent is a really big advocate of what you guys just talked about, and he calls it collective authorship, and he wants to empower the students to lend their voices to the brand, and he is passionate. There was a podcast we could even share with you guys about that. He's passionate about that, and it's absolutely part of the strategic initiative within the district to make sure that that the collective authorship extends to the students and that they have a way of sharing the great experiences that are happening in the classrooms from their perspective. Because as we know, I mean, you know, when people are thinking about going to schools, families are looking at what schools to send their kids to. The research is happening nowadays because everyone has a phone. I mean, the kids have phones. I mean, they're they're doing the research. They're, it's not just the parents doing the research to decide what school they want to send their children to. The kids are actually going to social media. They're doing Google searches. And when they find content that's been created by other students and it resonates with them, that is so much more powerful sometimes than what any of us could try and create within our own adult brains, right? You know, within our normal channels of marketing and communications, those kids are doing that research. And when they find that content, it can be a huge game changer. Brilliant. And, and moving on to my next question, um, what, what audiences or stakeholders must your brand influence in order for your school to prosper? Um, Esther, do you want to pick up that one? I think um, it's stakeholders plural because th there's lots and and they come in probably at different points in the in the um, purchasing decision or the decision to which what school to to um, to go to. I think um, what I've seen and what a lot of the research says is that students are having a bigger um, a larger role to play in the decision making process. So. Um, as Mike mentioned, you know, they're they're probably looking online, searching online and finding schools that might might fit their needs and saying, you know, mom, dad, granny, grandpa, whoever it is, this looks really cool. So I think there is um, uh, a certain amount that students will pay play in the in that in that decision. Again, the pay piece, it probably isn't them who's going to be paying, especially in the independent school sector. So they'll have to convince, you know, a family member, etc. Um, in terms of stakeholders, though, the I think the person that I wouldn't say there's an ultimate sort of decision maker, I think we like to look at it as a family or as a community, um, where there will be influences from a variety of people, and they will each person We'll look at different parts of the offer, um, different parts of the value proposition. You know, the, maybe the, the person that's paid the bill will look more at the value um, and sort of like, and, and maybe someone else will look more at, you know, oh, is there extracurricular? But I think in a sense, it does come down to, will my child be happy? Will my child be safe? And will this give the opportunities um, that my, my child needs to grow and learn and prosper and be successful, whatever that looks like? Um, so I would say it's stakeholders, plural, definitely. Yeah, Pat, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, 100%. It's stakeholders. There's lots of them. And, um, you know, I think this comes down to who aligns with our mission and vision. And um, have we got that clear? Are we clear on that? You know, do we know what our mission and vision is? And if we do and we've communicated that effectively, um, then we should be able to kind of attract the right people who can um, advocate for us. And um, like I said before, you know, we can't appeal to everyone. This isn't a, we, we can't do everything. We've, we've got to, we've got to hone in on, on who's actually, we, who we can actually serve. Um, and our stakeholders are, have got to kind of amplify the fact that we, you know, what we've said in our mission and vision, it, they're, they're part of bringing that to life. And and so if if they're not, you know, then we they're not necessarily a valuable stakeholder for us. Um, and 
we this is why I think when it's when it comes down to proof points and evidence in our brand, it's really important to to make sure we're aligned with that mission vision. We're all speaking off the same one from one voice because our 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 collaborations, for instance, are um, like MIT. We've got Juilliard School in New York. We've got some of the world, you know, UNICEF. We've got some of the world leading organizations that our students can connect with um, through the curriculum, and and we bring that to life for real. So this the, the guys come over and they take they they tutor our our, our teachers. So they they evidence for us that um that our students aren't just we're not just saying we're linked with mit mit actually come in and build part of our curriculum teach our teachers how to te- teach it and um and our students get to connect with them and then they get opportunities to go um and work with them with with um, you know mit professionals and what have you so it, those kind of um stakeholders and those advocates are again evidence um it's, it's who who aligns with us we're, we're saying we you know one of the world's leading brands how do we show that and if we're connected with the stakeholders who um sort of validate that uh, then we're you know again doing our we're doing our job we're not just saying it we're doing it yeah well mike any any evidence from the schools you've been working with around audience and stakeholders yeah i would say one thing to both of your points um is like Obviously, it's your your current families, right, who are going to be one of your big stakeholders or your prospective families. And then, again, the people that you align with. And I think more often than not, that includes your teachers, right? And I think one big part of the brand is the culture that you have on campus or online or, or within the organization, right? And so, and those are those people that are your advocates, right, who do speak on your behalf when you aren't in the room, and yes, they're part of the organization, but you you absolutely do have to empower them and kind of keep them in that alignment, right? And I guess to to your point, Kath, right, follow through on on that that those partnerships and those alignments and to actually prove it, right? Those those people coming over and actually teaching the courses or teaching the teachers, right? And and just what Esther said about that student-run content, right? I think those teachers can also generate that content and it speak really strongly, not only for, you know, your families, but to other teachers, right? Who who want to join your community or join your your family and, and be part of that messaging and part of that part of that brand as well. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Will, because it, it is true. I think a lot of times when we think about um, growing our schools, we're thinking, of course, of the students and the families we're trying to attract into the schools but we may sometimes overlook the, the staff and the teachers, not just because we need to have good schools, we need good teachers. We need good staff and we need, we need strong teachers that reflect the culture and the values of the brand that we've created in that school. So we need to not forget about that target audience that we're trying to create. And then to Will's point, they are also some of our strongest evangelists within schools. And if we help them give them a voice uh, in to, 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 to craft the brand and talk about who we are, our culture, our school's culture, they, they can be unbelievably influential in helping to build the brand. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I agree with that. And just an example is we we always look at our USPs and from our USPs, we said, you know, how, how does this translate across the business? It's not something that's held by marketing. It translates right across the business. And so um, we'd have an EVP, an employee value proposition. And so it ta- speaks to that because you have to recruit the brightest, most engaging teachers and you want to keep them. And so again, yeah, a key stakeholder, totally agree with you. I also think stakeholders are somewhat contextual as well. So depending on where your where your, your school is located, um, or if it's online or virtual, um, there'll be different <laughs> stakeholders and different people you need to engage with. And they might come higher up priority list than than other stakeholders, just depending on, on where, where you are at. Yeah, and especially in the international school market, right? That's the stakeholders yeah. can be quite diverse and quite complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good point. You know, cultural sensitivity as well. You know, certainly for us, we, we're a, a group of 83 schools across the world. We can't all do the same thing. We've got to be locally relevant. Um, and our local our, our local community is, is, is not the same from school to school. So our brand is, is while it's an overarching brand, it's, it's actually localized as well to our communities. And that's so important. You know, our, our, our culture is is informed by 
our um, community and our cultural sensitivities um, within where we are um, with respect and, um, you know, with, again, listening to them and, and, and listening to our teachers and helping our teachers understand that as well, because you'll get teachers from around the world who who, nece- who don't necessarily uh, know they've come from one culture in, in maybe from, I don't know, somewhere in China, and then they've come into um, somewhere in Qatar and then they've got to adapt um, and so the culture for us, our, our own school's got to be so strong so that they feel it when they arrive. Um, they, they, they get it quite quickly. Um, and they, we, we all are very mindful to model how we, how we present ourselves within our community. And uh, back to the brand, you know, who are we as a brand? Well, we are the brand, aren't we? You know, everybody is within the school. Um, and, and so we, we, we spend a lot of time making sure we're modeling. We, we're actually, you know, representing um respect when in what we do we're representing listening to to cultural um requirements and uh we, we do that an, an awful lot and, and it does build us a lot of advocacy with our communities 100 percent. and just thinking into some of these sort of actionable tips to see to see how you're you're practically implementing this um the ideas that we've discussed you know what what strategies do you use to control your school's brand um and how is it perceived when much of its dissemination is outside of uh, your sphere of influence and control um esther do you want to to kick that one off yeah um an example of, of something we've used with inspired online schools um is brand ambassadors so they're not influencers in the in the sense of being celebrities necessarily although a lot of our students are um they have another passion on the side um, and therefore, they you know they're pursuing a sporting career plus studying online. Um, so we we have established um, a brand ambassador program, and what that does is it helps us to have kind of immediate access to these stories from students, real life examples of how they use King's Inter High to study and work or act or whatever it is that they do. Um, and then we also have we work really hard on providing examples of what excellent looks like because it's very different to different people, you know, uh, user-generated content. So we basically, we spell it out, you know, hold the camera, the phone this way, record this way, think about what you're, you know, that kind of thing and just excellent work uh, looks like and then providing some examples. So that's also a way that you can control um, user-generated content and get it to the to the level that that you need and that can you can use and it's workable. Um, so I would say those are two sort of examples of how you can control something that seems a little bit uncontrollable sometimes. Hmm. Pat, it'd be great to get your thoughts on that. Sorry, yeah, we have uh, multiple strategies that depending on. Um... Uh, and what it is we're trying to achieve on on sleep. So we we have a uh, training courses um, for supporting um, people within our community to understand, like our teachers, essentially to understand the brand. Um, so there's a training, there's a signatures training program that we can put everybody through, and then everybody gets to. So it's, it's a live workshop. We you know we do a lot of um, implementation of examples and role play and, and what what you know what the what the expectations are. I think within the within the team, um, it, it, our strategies are. I think we can we can get very caught in uh, building a strategy to solve a problem and forget about the objective um, of where we're actually going. You know, what is our objective? And I think you know, for me, what we what I try and do with our team is is to just empower um, members to understand the objectives. To build, to be involved in building the strategy, so they take some ownership of it, and then kind of try and empower them to make decisions that are going to fulfill on the objectives using the strategies, but also being flexible. So this there's an I have this um, this saying, you know, if if you if you're trying to make a decision on something like this, is it stress test the decision? Is it valuable to uh, the brand? Is it valuable to the students? Uh, and is it valuable to the community? And if it's a yes, 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 then do it. <laughs> mm. If it's outside of what we said in the strategy, let's re let's reevaluate. You know, because we might be off track, because we've found something of value that we might need to adapt the strategy to to fit that. Um, so our implementation and our strategies is a kind of evolving beast. And um, yeah, we 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 course correct a lot. Um, we kind of formulate the plan, um, and then we 
break it apart <laughs> often <laughs> and we start again and then we uh, yeah so we, we build strategies as we go based on a kind of overarching where do we want to go what's our objective well mike any, any yeah answer? i was gonna say it's funny when i read that i read that question i listen to it and i hit the word control our brand and there i almost sort of giggle to myself because i think what they're none of us control our brands right <laughs> you know we can guide it we can shepherd it uh but I don't know if any of us can, can control it. I mean, I don't know what I think of, I think in the in the schools that we talk to and my own conversations with school leaders, you know, I, and I'm a bit of a broken record about that, about this, but it comes down to the, the implement, you mentioned implementation, I think, Kath, that it's the technology that makes it so damn challenging. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's how we, we know that the brand, happens moment to moment in real life interactions within the classroom and on in the digital world. And so when teachers and administrators are asked to juggle so many different platforms, how one figures out how to quote again, control, guide, shepherd, whatever we want to, whatever word we want to use, the brand with the diversification of platforms and social media, uh, all the different places people go where they experience the brand. How does one figure out a way, and it's tactical again, how does one figure out a way to um, to manage all of that? And I guess I'm throwing it back to the two of you, maybe, uh, especially uh, it, it, from a from a day-to-day -day basis, how do the people who are responsible for communicating the brand juggle all the different uh diverse places in which the brand really exists because that's that's something will and i hear a lot is how is how to manage all that stuff I mean, yeah I would, and, sorry go go Esther. i was just going to say we have really clear roles and responsibilities so we have clear you know clarity around who's looking at what and then we also as a marketing team i encourage them to be brand guardians as much as possible and to but it also starts with that education piece um, that Catherine was was mentioning and that you educate people as they come in of what our brand stands for and how it's used and the resources available and why we have a logo and certain reasons why the logo can't be pink or blue or whatever sometimes it's I think it starts with that but then as a continuous cycle a marketing team have to be brand guardians, um, advocates and brand guardians. And, and then if we see something that's not quite right, we go and we, we, we will fix it if it's within our control. Um, and I think it's, it's that clarity and just always being on top of what's being communicated and how, how people are using things like logos and key messages. And as I mentioned, just constantly, you know, every three or four months talking about your USPs and how that translates to messaging across admissions and uh, education and et cetera. So I, I think it's just clarity and lots of communication. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, 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 go I, ahead, Kath. No, sorry. This... Sorry. Well, I'm jumping. Um, it's it's an interesting um, challenge, you know, for all the different um, channels out there. Like you said, it's like, how do you manage that? How do you get, you know, how do you stay true to your brand and how do you stay true to your voice? And when you when you just have no control and and, and again, I think this comes back to leadership. I think this comes back to getting ahead of the conversation. You know, we set the conversation. We don't wait for it to happen and then respond. We actually lead it. So and we can only do that by listening and getting insight. We can we can hear what's on the ground and we can communicate through the right channels without getting too bombarded by we have to communicate on every channel we don't have to communicate on every channel not all the time um we have to be you know savvy about that um is 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 putting everything out on youtube the right thing for us um maybe that's the right thing for the student voice to lead on and not us as a brand as a marketing team maybe you know instagram is is we need to understand that people are just flicking through um, like a magazine, you know, they want to just see nice pictures and they want to get a snapshot of stuff. So so we communicate on there in a way that kind of um, reinforces sort of some of the key messages that we want to that we want to get across. But then when we want to talk in, in a community, we we work a lot more in Facebook about, you know, what kids did. And, and we, we try and you know, build that sentiment within that channel. So I think I think, you know, it's, it's understanding as well, like, well, with all the channels, what can you actually 
who's in that channel, who's using that channel and why? Um, and, what, and what can we put in there that's of value again? You know, is it valuable? If it's not, then let's not use it. Let's not just, you know, put in our planner that we have to communicate across every channel every day and, and exhaust ourselves with a load of content that's, that's just vacuous, you know, nobody cares. <laughs> Mm. So I, I think I think this is the thing for us, you know, it's 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 trying to it's just trying to remember again that we don't have to be everywhere all the ways and, and doing everything. We just have to be right for us and st keep speaking to our and, and listening to our audiences in the way that they're going to hear us. Mm. Just out of interest, is there um out of these multitude of platforms, are there particular channels that you found maybe more challenging to connect with an audience on, for example? I mean, do you have a, a TikTok, for example, or, you know, is this is this something you guys use in, in your sort of school environments or is that a little bit too, you know, informal or, yeah, it'd be great to get your thoughts on that quickly. I'm, I'm smiling because it's an ongoing debate, but right. I do think <laughs> it's almost as, it's as important, if not more important to decide what where you're not going to be um, yeah. and for what reasons yes. and then evaluate that as Kath was saying. So totally agree with you on that. I think I'm smiling because last year we ventured into TikTok and we had very positive um, experience. Um, we were speaking to students yeah. on TikTok because that's where they were. Um, we were talking about the IVDP online and we had IVDP students doing the, you know, the TikTok thing and it, <laughs> it worked Love really it. well. So that's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super fortunate because I get to do really fun, innovative stuff like that. Um, but I would say, you know, there's, there's also like the bread and butter of where our parents are and what's, what news you want to share where, and some, sometimes it's the website, sometimes it's, you know, the newsletter, other times it's social media. It's just, it's, it's really just, um, listening as Kath has already said, listening and, and, and then adjusting your, your kind of activity accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. On the TikTok point, I'm with you on that one. We, we had a great experience as well. We, we, we weren't sure. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense really on paper, but we we kind of closed our eyes, and we of course we just been through the World Cup last year, and and so we there's lots of fun things that we could do, uh, dance challenges, you know, uh, lots of like reaching out to the communities and understanding who was coming out from different parts of the world and what they wanted to, you know, could we sort of entertain them a little bit, um, and it exploded on 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 TikTok. It was it was so successful, um, but we don't use it all the time. It it didn't then become a Oh, we need to use TikTok because it's successful. We knew why it was successful, um, and we will we keep it in mind for for things like that. And again, it's it's, it's like you said, it's it's the using the right channel um, for the right thing, and not feeling like you've got to use them all. Also, understanding the channel too, because I mean, TikTok's algorithm is amazing. So it's going to serve up TikTok content from last year now if it happens to be in the search algorithm so it, it is yeah. it is pretty powerful stuff not all social media is like that so it's understanding you know the the nuances i guess and deciding what what content is best up there yeah and i think this is an interesting one for linkedin now as well i think it's becoming more social savvy you know it's, it's becoming more of a social tool as opposed to just a professional network and um and and we've got to be aware of that and, and watch that and see how that's evolving and see how we can get out with our thought leadership through that channel as well you know, much like 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 this, it's it's a it's a way now of people actually finding um, alignment with with the brand that they want to invest in, um, and and that thought leadership is becoming so much more important. So you can't really necessarily do that through TikTok, and you can't necessarily do that through Instagram. And so it's again, it's channeling, it, it's it's honing in on what your communication strategy is, which is the right channel. What do you want to say? And 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 you know, do do stick to that. Don't just start advertising on, on LinkedIn, for instance, or don't start uh, doing fun things on Facebook when people actually want to just have a conversation with you. Hmm. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, th I think sometimes we uh, get the feeling that success is measured as more communication, right? I mean, we hear that from top down sometimes that a communications department is getting pressure from um, school boards or headmasters or CEOs that... You know, you need to communicate more. You need to, you need to be out there talking more to the stakeholders, and and I think that can be a real, uh, you know, misguided sort of approach to just think more communication equals more success, because <laughs> that isn't necessarily the truth. I think it has to be strategic. The way that both of you are talking about what's the correct 
what, what's the audience we're trying to reach and where does that, where do they live and what channels do they live? Do they interact with? And then what's the, the appropriate way of approaching that particular audience in that channel and not just to spam the heck out of all the channels all the time and think that we're being good at our jobs just because we're doing a lot of communicating because that's what we feel like we're supposed to be doing, talking about our brand. And so we're just throwing things up against the wall, hoping things stick without being thoughtful and mindful. Yeah. And that, that leads nicely on to my, my final question actually for today is, um, you know, what, what are these common mistakes? It'd be great to hear sort of some anecdotal thoughts, uh, maybe things that you've tried that maybe haven't worked, maybe in schools previously um, as well in, in different regions. So yeah, it'd be great to get your thoughts on those sort of common common mistakes um, you, you feel schools make uh, when they try to solve for, for the many platforms. Kath, do you want to lead with that one? Yeah. When, when, I mean, when you say you meant, so in relation to the many platforms, I think it's what we've said, isn't it? It's about it's about being strategic about what you what you're saying and uh, why you're saying it, and um and then choosing the right channel to say that through. Um, and it's a bit like any conversation, you know. You don't you've got to you've got to like understand the environment. Um, that there's there's a context that's so important. Um, and I think what a lot of um, you know, like Mike said, a lot of the, the honey trap to some extent is to, to look like you're doing your job well by just doing a lot of it. Um, and and it's like someone in a room just talking too much. No one's hearing it after a certain period of time. Um, and and you, you just, you, you've got to judge your audience. You've got to judge your, your context of your, of your, of why you're there, what you're about. Are you on brand? Is it of value what you're saying? Um, and, and not get distracted. It's very distracting. It's a, it's a, it's a really, difficult space to navigate if you overthink it i think uh, you know you, if you can be um true to is it valuable does it represent the brand brand does it support the students then do that then i think you can you can be more um uh economical with what you're with what you're with what you're saying and i think one of the big things that brands get wrong in terms of a school international schools is they outsource uh that communication they outsource a lot of the uh, brand management to to an agency um, and in a school it's just a lot about feelings I think what um, I, I can't remember who said it at the start was it Esther it's, it's a feeling that somebody gets um, about a brand you can't we can't ignore that um, and you can't get that if you're not connected to the school um, you're not connected to the community you're not connected to the context of the environment um, so that that is a big mistake I think and the other one is um is is sticking with what you thought at the start and not being willing to evolve, <laughs> because this is and I think this is this is it's not just international schools and, and and you know we're obviously talking in that context now, but the brands that I've worked with over the years, I've worked with some huge brands and and they're very wedded to their um, this is what this is who we are, we're done here. Like if you don't align with that, get somebody who will align with that and. They'll work their way through agencies until they get to the point where they're kind of right. Everybody's on on the same page, and without actually evolving and iterating, you know, without actually adapting and 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 being able to say we're not getting it right, we need to change. Yeah, Esther, I saw you laughing there. Do you want to add your thoughts to that? No, I totally agree. Um, I was just going to to say one thing that I've learned. I know you were looking for sort of pitfalls or, or, or things that um, have gone wrong. But I think if we flip it to the positive, what I've learned in my career is to be as authentic as possible. People can spot when you're using a stock image in your ads. People can spot when you're not being true to your brand, when you're not being true to the mission, vision of the school, when you're not, you know, putting a photo of a student in year 10 when you're talking about year 10, if you know what I mean. So just be as consistent and authentic as possible. And it goes back to my comment about, you know, user-generated content or ambassadors or, you know, everyone speaking about their brand and giving the testimonial is that if you're the closest, if you always strive for authenticity, I think there's very little that can go wrong. 
Um, it, it, we, you go wrong when you start to pretend you're something you're not or use photos that are not genuine or not, that are not yours. I think the closest you can get to your community and just highlight that beautiful community, I think that's that's key. Yeah. Will, Mike, any, any final thoughts on common mistakes or pitfalls? I think one thing that we've seen speaking to international schools is that um, especially since the pandemic, there was a kind of like a, 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 a maybe a disunification sometimes in some cases where a lot of schools maybe weren't as consistent about their strategy or their brand or really making sure that they kept a tight rein on it. And there was this a move of like, you know, this one teacher can use TikTok and generate her own content, but it, it kind of goes off the rails. Or this coach is going to use this specific athletics program. And, and I think about the bulk of the interactions that happen between parents and teachers, those advocates for the brand, right? And how sometimes there isn't that that visibility or transparency from from the image or the 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 idea of what you want to maintain, right? And I think there's a plethora of programs out there right now for like what primary school classrooms are using versus what the marketing team is doing, and I think there's, uh, I think there's a some pitfalls there in terms of like really wanting to make sure that you do have to the previous question, right, to both your points, right, that consistent training, right, making sure that everyone is your brand ambassador, your your advocates, and that it, you make it easier than ever to 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 follow along, because I think when you when you loosen the reins a little a little bit there, it, it can get really messy really quickly and, and your reputation can suffer. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah. yeah. And I think the only thing I would add is that there's, uh, I think there's a gap that is between who, who schools say they are and who they are. And I think that sometimes when we talk to schools, and we, we use the word identity a lot. We like, you know, we've talked about authenticity and brand, but we like this word identity for some reason. I think it really resonates because it gets more to the core beyond the marketing speak of who a school really is. What is your school's identity? And when we ask schools those quest that question, I think the first inclination is to give who they think they are, who they want to be. You know, who what the marketing material says they are. Nothing against marketing, right? I'm a marketing guy too. Uh, but what we, but I think what schools need to understand, school leaders need to understand is that there's this whole part of the brand, and we've talked a lot about this, uh, that is, that is, that is sort of the, the, the actual foundation of the brand that's, a, that's, that's below and, 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 and holds up the, the brand that the school that we create as marketing people, but the real brand that gets interacted with is down here at the foundation. It's those moment to moment interactions. It's those happening in the classroom between the teachers and the students or at the on the football field or on, on, the, on the theater stage or whatever it is. They're, they're, that is also brand. That is a huge component. And I think there's a gap sometimes in the leader, in school leaders' minds in not quite acknowledging that brand is not just this top piece, it's the foundation. And we shouldn't ignore that. That's so, so important to leverage that and utilize that and let that be a part of the whole brand experience. Fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Um, but yeah, a great conversation and obviously such a yeah. such a huge topic. And it's great to get your sort of practical thoughts and insights around, around marketing communications in these sort of diverse international settings. So yeah, thank you so much again for your time. And yeah, looking forward to, to I'm sure, many more conversations around this topic to come. Thank you, too. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks.